my name is Sarah Rosa Davies, and you're listening to Split Picks from the Split Tooth Podcast Network. I'm the new podcast editor. My name is Craig Wright. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Split Tooth Media. My name is Nick Miller. I'm a culture writer for Split Tooth Media. Today, we're discussing Arcade Fire and two albums specifically, Neon Bible and Reflector. I want to ask why Arcade Fire? Why these two albums first? We picked these two albums because they're very different periods of the band. They seem to release albums every three years, and so this is a six-year span where they release the suburbs in the middle, and they've just undergone a total transformation as a band. So we just want to examine what happened and how they got here. Hey, Nick, can you tell me a little bit about how you found out about Arcade Fire and what their music is like? Yeah, sure. So I first heard Arcade Fire. This this might uh, take away whatever indie cred I had left, but um, I first heard about them from the Where the Wild Things Are soundtrack, believe it or not. Their song Wake Up was used in a trailer. To be fair, that is the best version of that song i don't know why they never released it i know it's so good yeah so i found wake up and i was like oh this song is great like i love this song it's so like big and powerful and or almost or vaguely orchestral and like just ah you know it just like it had this like melancholy to it but also this beautiful payoff at the end it was just it was so much fun and and actually it was actually how you and i first started talking about music craig uh we because i was listening to it on my phone i was switching songs to it and you looked over and noticed it and you were like, oh, do you have the whole album? I was like, no, I just have the song. You're like, you should listen to the whole album. I'll, I can give you the whole album. And you you went out of your way to make me make a Dropbox so that you could send me music. And that started you frequently giving me flash drives full of music. I, I think it was a weekly basis for a while. What was your first experience with Arcade Fire then? Because you clearly knew about it a little bit before Nick. We found out about this band because my brother read in Rolling Stone that David Bowie had bought like hundreds of copies of Funeral and he was just like handing them out to people. And so my brother was like, we need to hear this album. So I think it was right after Neon Bible had come out. So Nick, what was your first experience with the album Neon Bible then? Uh, my first experience with Neon Bible was actually from a uh, BBC documentary they did on um, the band around the time of Neon Bible's release. They were talk- they were kind of hyping it up and they kept playing the section from Intervention, the big organ intro. And I was super into that. I love the, the just like the progression of it. And I thought it was really, really something, something special. And I was kind of bummed to hear that um, there were certain like circles of fans that weren't super into that album or thought it was kind of like the weird one or the dark one. And I started listening to it a lot and I was like, wow, this is really something else. This is really great. Like, I I, I mean, I'm into darker stuff typically. So like, this is really, really great. Um, this is like, I really identify with this. What songs do you identify with? I'm interested in hearing more specifics. Um, I really identify with Keep the Car Running. That song, I think, is on its surface to me felt like a very typical like let's get out of this town kind of song but it's there's more to it than that i'm i'm not quite sure um what it is but i can feel like there's some kind of like not so much i want to get out of this town but more of i need to Catharsis, i maybe? yeah like i just i need to 
go somewhere. I think the important thing from this train of thought is that they're basically taking the Bruce Springsteen stuff to like the further level of like, you know, instead of just it's a town full of losers, I'm pulling out here to win. You know, it's more of like, I just have to get out. It's the more depressing version where it's not just, you know, Clarence Clemens isn't coming in to save this one at the end. There's going to be no saxophone solo. It's like, oh, here's a harpsichord, you know? Yeah, it's the weirder <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, maybe. When Bruce Springsteen can get weird, but you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I don't know if I'd say, like, weird Bruce Springsteen, because obviously the comparison's easy with the giant band, you know, E Street, Arcade Fire has, like, you know, 45 people on stage. Um, but they definitely have similar ideas. I will say Bruce's you know, unmatched by them and lyrical content. But these guys just know how to make arrangements that fit the song so well. But yeah, Keith Carr running, it just, it doesn't quite have the anthem feel of the first album, but it definitely is heading in the same direction where it's just kind of chugging along. And like Nick said, like you're getting out of town. (laughs) What tracks on the album also represent that anthemic aspect to Arcade Fire? Or is it kind of the only one? The album isn't trying to go for that whole the wake up vibe of like, yeah, you know, everyone chanting and, you know, we're all singing together. It's it's more of just like it's it's a coming from a different place entirely. Yeah, cause I think they probably were trying to go for a bit of the anthemic stuff with No Cars Go, but that one is a holdover from their first EP. Mm-hmm. Like, it definitely has, like, you know, the, hey, like, the arm-raising, like, fist-pump stuff in it, but I think the more interesting stuff on this album is the dark stuff, like Ocean of Noise and My Body is a Cage, because, you know, when you're basically credited for rewriting, like, anthemic indie pop, like, I've, I've heard some very high praise for this band in regards of like you know they brought like the anthem back they definitely have the darker stuff on funeral too like um songs like in the back seat like just the line that stands out in that one is you know my family tree is losing all its leaves but my body is a cage is just so much darker <laughs> yeah i really like the dark stuff the one that really sticks out to me is the title track neon bible i just like my favorite line is the first line uh vial of hope and a vial of pain and the light they would both look the same which i think is just a great rhyme but also that imagery is just like so dark and so sad and it's interesting that you mentioned the rhyme there because coming at it from a poetry standpoint that's called a slant rhyme where it's not quite the same sounds it's pain and same which is interesting to me because when you think of like anthemic songs you think of pure rhyme which would be same and blame like those sounds but i think it's interesting that they choose some of these rhymes that are not quite there but are also sound that you know sound similar which in poetry if you think about it a lot of like nursery rhymes and more like i don't want to call nursery rhyme anthemic but more of those basic structures yeah are often pure rhyme well like slant i know that's a little bit of a diversion but it's interesting to look at even how they they we've talked about how their lyrics maybe aren't super great but they're also they also know what they're doing yeah yeah it's if it feels very deliberate Mm -hmm. and i it something that i just i love the imagery of not knowing which will what is going to save you you just have to hope that the one you pick works can we talk a little bit about the themes on this album what are some kind of lyrical or even thematic aspects to the music in the album 
Uh, I get a lot of a really strong sense of being trapped. The obvious one being my body is a cage. Uh, and, or whether, and you know, there's that physical aspect of being trapped, like feeling like you don't belong in your own skin. And then there's also more metaphorical, like before with not knowing what's going to save you, you're, you're trapped in that you don't know where to turn. Or at least that's the way I interpret it. Um, and I think there's a lot of that on the album. It's same with keep the car running to go back to that is like, you're stuck in this place that you need to escape to or escape from, but you don't know how. I think Nick hit it pretty well. Just, you know, about being trapped and these guys blew up after funeral and, you know, they went from <laughs> being like medieval music students to arcade fire. And, you know, it's gotta be an alienating thing, no matter how you look at it. But there's, you know, a lot of religious imagery on this album, you know, neon Bible intervention buried throughout. How does this album represent the band as a whole, Craig? Well, after Funeral, these guys were pretty much credited with like bringing back like the anthemic rock. But I don't really think the anthem ever went away. But I mean, they could very easily have just returned to writing Wake Up every third song and just... They could have filled stadiums, but they decided to take this darker route where the songs are, you know, more challenging to fully appreciate. And I think when you have something like My Body is a Cage in your tool book, like you're doing OK. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think, like you said, challenging songs. I think this album was challenging for a lot of people who just wanted Funeral Part 2. Yeah, I know a lot of people who say they don't like this one, but I really just think that means they haven't listened to it much because mm -hmm. it's really not that huge of a departure. It's just more of a branch, yeah. you know? And yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, why does challenging art have to be bad? You know what I mean? Like, why can't people like, I, I think it's an interesting question. I mean, I would never say challenging art is bad. I'd say the mainstream just <laughs> pop sheen stuff is more bad, you know, air quotes. I think it's more important when you're actually trying to say something with your music rather than just like, oh, we're going to yell, oh, a lot. <laughs> All right, we're going to pack stadiums and people are going to buy those $100 jackets we're selling. True story, they have $100 jackets on the last tour they did. Yeah, that was Take kind that of, for what you will. Uh, that, was, um, <laughs> that was frustrating. Yeah, but it's... You know, Win Butler took a lot of flack for everything now, but I think it's him just searching for what comes next. And I was not a big fan of that album. I think with Neon Bible, he hit his stride as a songwriter because Funeral was just kind of that perfect, just out of the gates, like, oh, wow, what's happening right now? And then this one was like, but also we do this. You mentioned everything now being... Uh him searching for what's next. And I totally agree with that. I think that it, that album, if that proves everything, it's that what comes next doesn't always come easy. And sometimes it takes a while to find that groove. And I think the problem was, was with Funeral, it came so easy that, you know, they became the upstart next big thing band in so many circles that when Neon Bible came out, a lot of people were kind of shocked that they were searching for something else because I think a lot of people were thinking they found it they found this just do this forever when that's really not their mo if their trajectory has proved anything they're not into just doing the same thing over and over again right and I think the key difference between 
Neon Bible and something like everything now is they searched inward on this one. Everything now was like, oh, mass consumerism. Like, we're going to talk about how the Internet's bad. And it's just it's T-ball. Yeah. This technology is evil. Yeah. I mean, the image of the Neon Bible alone is so much deeper than anything they had on everything now. If it's Neon Bible against infinite content, we're infinitely content. Like, put those in a blind taste test, see which one wins 100% of the time. (laughs) I actually think that's a great note to end this section of the podcast on. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with Reflector. Suburbs came out 2010. That was high school for Nick and I. That album got a lot of radio play on our end. Not like literal radio play, airplay. You know what I mean. You guys played it a lot. Yes, with our radio. You know, they took the concept album. I think they did it pretty well. I don't think it's aged as gracefully as I hoped. Yeah, there are about, there are a handful of songs on there. I'm just like, did this need to be here? I've been skipping a lot more lately. Like, did this really need to exist? Yeah. So that was high school. And then literally the first month we were at college, this album came out reflector and i remember i was so excited it came out i woke up at like 9 30 and just walked straight to house of records in eugene and i was like okay everyone's gonna love this album like it's gonna be so cool it's gonna be like the bonnie experience for my dorm that did not happen <laughs> you saw an album as a bonding experience for your dorm i thought maybe people would be like oh he's listening to the new arcade fire album let's talk to him no my dorm floor sucked um but it did get my roommate into Arcade Fire. So, you know, I converted one. I, I see that as a victory. <laughs> yeah, so. that's, that's a win. Especially on an album like Reflector, which is very, very, um, a lot of a lot like Neon Bible in the way that a lot of people really like it and a lot of people are not so into it. This I don't understand why this album is divisive. Like, I read the Pitchfork review. I was like, yes, they get it. Like, they gave this thing, I think it's the highest rated album on Pitchfork. And I was so happy that they were just like, yes, like this, they get it, but then you read everywhere else. It's like, these guys don't know what they're doing. It's like, what? Why do you think the album is so divisive? I really don't know. I love this album. I think it's their most interesting musically. Like, they're all over the place on this thing. Like, I think that's part of why people don't like it is because it doesn't have that uniform sound or tone to it. Because like, you have songs like We Exist which is very dancey, very, it, to me, it reminded me a lot of a Michael Jackson song, the intro did with that, the baseline, the, it kind of reminded me of like a Michael Jackson song. And I was into it because I, I'm a sucker for that stuff. But all of a sudden you have that more of a rocker and I can't remember the song title. Joan of Arc. Uh, no, uh, What's the, do you like rock and roll music? Normal person. Yeah. Normal person. You, that, which is more of a straight up rocker. It just, it doesn't make any sense. And then you have songs like Here Comes the Nighttime, which is like bananas. Yeah, the Haiti-inspired yeah. ones where they yeah. went to the, what's the big funeral, or not funeral, the uh, big festival in Haiti. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where it has all these beautiful, colorful instruments and very, like, diverse, like, yeah. time signatures and... Carnival? 
it's it a carnival. It's like calling, yeah. Is that it? I no. don't think that's in. Isn't that Brazil? That's like a lot oh, of South that's, America. That's Brazil. Yeah, but Regine has. I think she, was she born in Haiti? Um, I know she I, has family from there. Yeah, I believe so. I believe then they moved to Canada when she was. I think so, but yeah, she took. I know wind down for sure, um, but they just saw this like street festival where everyone's just like dancing in the streets, and they were just like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah, and it definitely comes through on you know, here comes the nighttime. But going back to normal person, Nick, I I remember that one, especially the first time I listened to this album, it was like, "What's he doing here?" (laughs) Because it has that really awkward, just like, "Do you like rock and roll music?" That's such a weird, yeah, yeah. And oh, I thought it was hilarious. I love. I think a lot of people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I I loved that. I thought I I love that he's. It's the song starts out and it's like that you know dun 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 dun, and he just goes, oh man, and you know it's just like it's like it, he sounds tired and he sounds like burned out on rock music almost. I was like, do you like this? I don't know if I do. Here we go. You know. It's interesting that the song is named Normal Person. Because I think about like, hey, trying to be a normal person. Like, do you like music? And the chorus is, is there anything as strange as a normal person? Like, that's the whole. So deep. Yeah. Surface level deep. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's ankle deep. But you know, it was, it's still, I don't know. To me, it just, to me, listening to it in in the dorms, kind of a, it's kind of self-imposed shut-in my freshman year of of college yeah that that resonated with me even though i knew it was kind of like okay you know so cool so deep so i just clicked play on awful sound and it definitely i could smell my dorm again it's like oh no this isn't a good memory but it's an important one (laughs) i can like listening to some of these songs i was listening to them this morning it took me back to the dorm food like i could taste that again and I was like, oh God, this, oh God, I feel sick just like <laughs> sometimes. It's really interesting that this album for you guys brings up more of a, more of a visceral memory because you guys were talking about Neon Bible, not, and like not talking about the way the food you ate at the time tasted, but I think it's so interesting that through these really visceral sensory memories with this album for you guys, why do you think that is? it's going to sound stupid. Like this album really was like a friend for me freshman year. And, you know, I walked around campus until Thanksgiving break. The three albums I listened to were pet sounds by the beach boys, Harry Nelson's aerial ballet and reflector. Like, I don't know why it was those three, but just fall in Eugene, Oregon. It's like, Oh wow. These all fit so perfectly. You know? <laughs> and this one was always the, like, I'm not in a great mood one. You know, it was just a lot of after walking home after class. I played this a ton, but the second disc on this album especially is my favorite. Like, I think this is Arcade Fire's strongest body of work. I would take side the second disc of this album over Funeral. Like, I just think they hit their stride and, you know, Supersymmetry could be cut in half. Yeah. But it's still interesting do you also agree or have different opinion um i actually really didn't like the second half i thought it was super unnecessary when i first listened to it i remember you and i talked about that a lot we had we got it we kind of argued about it every so often i thought the first half was solid i thought it was fine but then the second half i was kind of like okay and then super i got the super symmetry after the first time listening to it i was like why is this here what what is this purpose and then 
listening to it again years later and reading the lyrics along with it, I think was really important for me reading the lyrics of the song, um, kind of exposed a lot of the themes of the album as a whole. Cool. And I could be wrong, but if you listen really closely to the weird ending of Supersymmetry, I've never been able to prove this, but I think it's the album played backwards and sped up. Because if you listen really closely at the first part where it starts in like, like you can hear a bit of reflector in there. You, you hear like, yeah, but I've never been able to prove it. But then it doesn't, it feels like it doesn't continue that. Huh. But it almost feels like they just like high speed scrubbed through the second half. And it seems like one of those happy accidents that's like, let's just leave it. Mm. But I, I will say the first time I heard it, the first thing I said was, oh, Wilco already did this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. an 11 minute, right? Like an 11 minute song? Yeah. And like the first three minutes is just this, it comes after Afterlife. And then it just kind of like, it's just like this tension release. So you guys touched a little bit on the themes of the album, but didn't quite describe them. So I want to go there and kind of hear what you guys think the themes are musically and lyrically. It was kind of a publicized thing, and it's kind of shown to us on the cover of the album. But I think it's about losing someone you really care about, losing someone you love, and the range of emotions that you go through when that happens, and wanting them back, but and trying so hard to get them back and make them feel like they're here with you, but them, but knowing deep down that that's never going to happen again. And I think afterlife is kind of an exploration of like, I don't know if, I don't know if that, you know, who's continuing on after death is a great thing. And then supersymmetry is also like, I want you back, but I know you're here with me in, in a way. Cause some of the, I think the lyrics are like, I heard you like an echo or like a whisper or something like that. And it's like knowing that person is still with you in their, in your memories, I think is a really powerful thing. And I think it really, that really stuck with me this morning. It kind of, kind of did a number on the old psyche this morning. Yeah, you kind of sound, you, I mean, what an articulate way to put that, but you sound very, you sound very sorry or like sad when you're yeah. talking about it, but that's interesting. Well, yeah, cause I, I, I forced myself to listen to the second half only going into this because I, I knew it was the one I didn't like. And I, I read the lyrics and kind of looked up what other people were thinking as well. And, um, as I was listening to it and I really like what some people were saying about like the death of friends and the death of loved ones was really, really stuck with me. Yeah. And this album came out, Nick and I had a friend who had brain cancer and this album was released, I think two weeks before his cancer came back. And so afterlife for me has always been associated with that. And just, you know, it's. I use this song a lot, just kind of preparing for him to die. And it's always hit me there. And I think it's their best song. I, you know, I will never forget the day I found out that Jake had died. Um, my roommates and I had gone to the store. I was driving and my phone rang just three calls in a row. I knew what those calls were. They were all from my dad, and I just remember dreading calling him back, and it took a while for the news to set in, but 
I listened to Afterlife right after hearing that. I just remember throwing on noise-canceling headphones, listening to Afterlife, and just losing it, and just thinking of him. And, you know, just can it last another night, just wishing he was there just a little longer. But, you know, there's only so much you can do about that. And, you know, Funeral was written because they all lost a ton of family members. So they've always had death in their music, and they've just continued to write about it in more eloquent ways. And just the way the violins mesh with the lyrics and the weird keyboard riff, it's just such an offsetting feeling that never really settles on one emotion. And I think that's so much a death because, you know, you remember the joy of just being with this other person and then the heartbreak that they're gone. And man, it's just a powerful song. I just, it's, I get such a different feeling from you guys talking about this album versus talking about Neon Bible. For me, like I hear you guys talk about Reflector and I wonder if it's going to be your pick for split picks. I'm interested, you know, in seeing how this all ends up because just the tone in your guys' voices has changed in talking about Reflector. It's really interesting. Well, should we unveil our picks? I think you should, yeah. Sure. Uh, Reflector is my favorite Arcade Fire album. It's on my shortlist for albums of the decade. I don't think they're going to top this one, no matter how good they may become. I think they've already started heading in the wrong direction. But like when you have this album, it doesn't really matter what you do after it. It's they're untouchable for me mainly because of this album and they were already untouchable when it came out this one they just took everything they were good at and just elevated it to another level and i briefly mentioned the orpheus and eurydice if that's your preferred pronunciation um you know just that feeling of being in the dorms just like it's never over (sighs) and just all this stuff going on and just ending with afterlife and supersymmetry like this one just hits that spot that nothing else really does for me so it's it's my pick and it's not even close yeah um i pick reflector as well honestly like i was listening to it this morning and i was like i have already made up my mind <laughs> you know like before i even walked in here i i knew it was going to be my pick just because of um listening to here comes the nighttime too that that song stuck with me that one sneaks up on you it does it creeps up and it hits you and it hits you where it hurts but those the fun, are the best the fun thing about it though like, here comes the nighttime one is like oh it's the party like yeah. all right here we go then here comes the nighttime two it's like here comes the greek tragedy yeah <laughs> i was gonna say like here comes the nighttime one is like 11 p.m and then here comes the nighttime two is 2 a.m that's you the know? analogy i was gonna make. yeah but yeah it just like i don't know how they did it i didn't know i don't know who they sold their souls to but to make this album but i give me their phone number because um, <laughs> nick is for sale i am my soul is for sale no like it, the best kind of music moves you in a way that nothing else can and it just did that yeah I remember, well really quickly nick i think in the past you've told me that reflector neon bible is your favorite arcade fire album. it is it, it still is and i i still love neon bible because it because i'm gonna be i actually started listening to neon bible after this 
after this album came out. And so this was the depths of certain emotions that I was feeling. And then Neon Bible, the term after that, my freshman year of college kind of pulled me out of that. It's interesting how one artist like Arcade Fire can make an album for when you're in the depths and also something that can pull you out. Yeah, You mentioned Keep the Car Running, though. Like the, the story of Orpheus and Eurydice is like that's like the Greek tragedy version of Thunder Road. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. You oh, my God, get it out is. Of here and you can't look back. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's this album is very good at saying, like, you're going to look back. And she's not going to make it with you if you do, but yeah. you're going to look back. <laughs> it's very much more of a human album, I'd say, because yeah. it, it's all about finding who you are. I think it's interesting that you guys chose the dark ones. It's interesting that you both kind of came in knowing what you're going to choose. I just think that shows just how solid of an album Reflector is and how it both kind of fits that good art category and also something that has a lot of personal meaning to and a lot of memories associated with it. I think those are some of the best albums is when they, we talked about this earlier, when they do both, when they pull you out and push you back in. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of depth there. Yeah. And I I think this is the one that's going to age best for them. Cause if you would have asked me my arcade firepower rankings, even three years ago, it, would have been entirely different. It probably would have gone suburbs, funeral, reflector, neon Bible. I think, I think now it's like reflector, funeral, neon Bible. So we have a unanimous decision and our split pick for arcade fire is reflector. I'm Sarah Rosa Davies. I'm Craig Wright. And I'm Nick Miller. Thanks for listening. for listening to split picks from the split tooth podcast network if you'd like to stay up to date with all things split tooth you can find us on twitter facebook and soundcloud at split tooth media we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks comparing the white stripes debut album to get behind me satan